Well, hello and welcome. Oh my goodness, this is Rachel Vote, and this is a Good Girls Guide too podcast. Uh, hello and welcome. And if you are new, welcome, welcome, welcome. But uh, more than likely you're not because it's doubtful you would just happen to find me on some random podcast. But there definitely should be ways for us to connect. Uh, links in the bio, as they like to say. So uh, if your pr- method of choice is through social media, if you uh, are closer in community to me and you can uh, you know, get in touch via the Facebook. That's always cool, too. Uh, if you are somebody who likes email and if you are definitely close enough to have my phone number, you know how to get in touch with me if you feel like there is something that I can do for you in terms of your growth. OK, so for our newbies, this is this is a group. This is uh, a community really is how I like to put that, because whether it's in person or online, uh, you know, the strong focus of what I have been around doing for the better part of a decade. It's an actual decade now is all about sexual wellness and intimacy. That is my strong suit. It is something that I very naturally love to talk about uh and so on and so forth however over the last i would say five-ish years that has expanded into not just the intimate world but just about anything because it was a a recollection to not only myself but to everybody who has come into contact with about how not only is our our lives are fully encompassed around itself meaning that everything is connected uh, but for some people they're not ready to talk about intimacy and so one of the things that i really am proud of is being able to kind of be able to talk about those kinds of things that maybe aren't directly related or kind of just toast up and into that, okay? So now that we've done our minute and a half intro, okay, uh, let's just kind of get into the topic today. So the podcast is where it all happens. When you are finding me on social media, you're probably going to find more intimacy in sexual wellness content. Uh, The podcast has always been the open book, okay? And this is a topic that I've been thinking about for a hot minute, and uh, it is one of the perfect things for me to talk about, I believe. Um, You know how people talk about like 10,000 hours equals being an expert? Well, if I could have um, many titles of what I am an expert at, besides being a sexual wellness and intimacy empowerer, um, one of my things would be um, a total expert in procrastination. Uh, a total procrastinate. I'm sorry. A, a total expert in indecision. Okay. Um, but the other thing I would also say, uh, very humbly and with all of my might, that I am mediocre, I guess, is the word that I would use. And so if you're somebody who struggles with identity, if you're somebody who struggles with the drive to succeed, or you don't know what that looks like, or you find yourself comparing yourself to everybody, whether that's your family, your friends, other people within your related field or whatever, and you just never feel like you're amounting to a or more importantly, what I feel like this conversation is going to be directed towards is like that you, you don't need to do what you want to do. Like there's either already out there, somebody out there doing what you're doing there. You don't feel like is a market for what you are interested in doing. You feel like it's silly or foolish. And I am here to tell you that you are wrong. Uh, you're wrong about it all. Okay. And so in full transparency, let's just get a little real for a second, okay? Because I've had this conversation with my husband. I've had this conversation with a couple of my close best friends, um, especially my business friends who who know me, who are there for me, who let me kind of just vent out all of my things. Uh, I have said this, and I can't tell if I'm saying this for myself. Um, I can't tell if this is like an actual declaration that I make about me, but I am so okay with being mid-level successful. And I think that that's my truth. I don't think it's something that I'm telling myself because I don't want to work harder or I don't want to be famous or something. And the reason I think I can say it pretty confidently is because when I was younger, like I thought that that's what I would be was famous for something uh, at some point. Like at one point I wanted to be an actress at another point. Um, 
I think, I mean, I just wanted to do something where, like, a writer, so just something where somebody, a lot of people knew me, and I think the young insecure me definitely wanted that because I just wanted to be known, that it, was, it wasn't selfish, but it was just, like, trying to fill a void, but as I started to grow older, and I moved into this career that I have, I did not know existed or ever would have thought that this is where I would be. I still thought that at the beginning is that, oh, I'm going to be really well known. I'm going to be very um, monetarily successful. That's the thing that I really was like, I want to be comfortable. It wasn't that I want lots and lots of money. It was that I want to be rich because I want to be comfortable. I'm lazy. Okay. I am like super, super specific bougie. Okay. And so that was really an idea that I had about my life. And, um, even when I switched from doing primarily the um, consulting business where I partner with a company for intimate and wellness products for people and started looking into the space of doing more individualized just me and what do I have to offer, that was scary because not only are you now selling yourself and you feel like, I mean, how could you ever how could you ever be successful selling you? Like, who's going to buy that? Like, that was an identity thing I had to go through. But then really deconstructing from the idea of success around coaching. So I want you to substitute whatever it is that you are passionate about because it's not necessarily coaching. It's not selling sexual wellness products uh, necessarily. It could be you, of course, but maybe your thing is crocheting and knitting. Like that's something I see very frequently from a lot of people who love to do that. And uh, they might be really good at like making themselves a sweater or maybe they make these really cute little figurines. Oh my gosh, they're so sweet and cute. But a lot of people just don't think that, that I mean, that's something I, I have a very, <laughs> just came to my mind. I have a specific friend who said this to me once that that would be, she's like, I know that couldn't fully support me. So, you know, that's just kind of like my hobby. And I'm like, just don't say that. Just say something more like that can't support me today or something to that effect, right? Because it's not that it couldn't. It's not that it couldn't, right? So my point being is that when I when I started moving into coaching spaces, um, then my idea around success, it didn't change. It just it was just the identity of how I was going to present that success, right? So I went from like an in-home business consulting company where you could be number one in a company. You could be even number one on a team. You could be number one in a region. You could be number one for different stats. So there was lots of different types of recognition, okay? A lot of validation through your tangible success of bringing people into the company or selling product, right? So there was a marker of success there and a ladder or a tier. And that's true of every company in culture, FYI, even corporate America. Uh, So I would challenge you to look at that. But then moving into coaching, like my identity around success didn't change immediately, right? So I went from that mindset of selling product to got to be number one. I got to find a coach who I can get a certificate like through a program of theirs. I have to watch and digest all of this information from other coaches so I can be that type of coach. This type of person would be, you know, um, attracted to my business and I, I have to be like at this many views and this many followers and on this many platforms because how will people know that I'm good at what I do if other people aren't following me if people aren't doing my business with me like how would that be successful right so I mean that was that was I wish there would have been a different program for everybody realistically like when you're in school and you're looking at what you want to find to do but you know obviously I can only speak to my own experience and that's what I'm saying is that like when I decided I was going to start coaching I wish that there was somebody or something that would have said hey it's really important that you remember and understand and really accept that there's different coaches and different levels and that's okay right because if I said Tony Robbins you know who that is if I say Rachel Hollis you probably know who that is um 
I I don't even know as some other I'm like off the top of my head I'm having a hard time uh, thinking about some like number one coaches but you think about that like if you were to think about um, number one basketball players if that's your thing or insert sport here that you like right you, actresses or actors you can think of A list B list D list C list act- they they have these realms of I wouldn't even say um, skill, which is what the important conversation is here. These That's just popularity and likeness is what those are. Because I guarantee some of you have A-list actors that are okay for you, but you really, really admire B-list, D-list, C-list actors. And if you're not familiar with what that is, an A-list actor would be somebody who gets paid the big bucks. Like think like Tom Cruise, uh, think like um, any of the Marvel characters, right? Those are A-list actors. B-list actors are people who are, uh, they're pretty popular, but they probably are not making those ginormous bucks and i'm not even gonna say anybody because i whatever like okay i'll give you an example um what is her name kathy griffin so she actually used to have an actual reality show where it's called my life on the d-list because she was a comedian and there are a-list comedians like uh jerry seinfeld and then there's b-list comedians which means again they're they're popular but maybe don't make as much or don't have as many opportunities and she always said that she was on the d-list so she was popular people knew her but she wasn't making a lot of money and blah 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 blah. so there is this in every walk of life and every type of career so my a-list right i'm thinking tony robbins i could couldn't even for me a b-list coach or a c-list coach would be uh rachel sincero <laughs> i said rachel hollis earlier so i totally screwed, screwed that up jen sincero is what i meant to say she's the author of you are a badass this book changed my life highly recommend reading everything that she writes for crying out loud but she'd be considered like a c or d-list coach because she's only really well known in smaller communities she's only really uh she's only gonna be like a superstar in the coaching community uh, specifically her type of coaching which is motivational speaking and a little bit of spirituality sprinkled in there okay but just in in that conversation how many different types of coaches could you have you could have spiritual coaches you could have business coaches you could have mothering coaches you could have life coaches there's so many different realms to it and this is something that was just like an aha moment for me when I was like I don't have to be an A-list coach maybe someday but it doesn't have to even be an aspiration of mine that was the freedom what do you mean I can be successful even if I never make the same amount of money Tony Robbins does? What do you mean I can be successful even if I never sell out in an arena the way Rachel Hollis can? What do you mean I can still change lives even if I never publish a book? Does that really mean that I'll be successful? Yes! Now, um, one of the things that kind of planted the seed for me, I want to tell you, was a uh, TikTok. Um, give me a, like, just give me some love, okay, in some way, shape, or form. I think you can applaud. I think you can you can you can clap during Spotify sessions. I think I don't know. Drink break one second. A little ASMR for you as well. This is, this is Rachel. Okay, cut that crap. Anyway, so back to what we're talking about, right? Is um, we're talking about being an A list coach and all that kind of stuff, right? So for me. It was this understanding through a TikTok, because TikTok has changed my life um, for a number of different reasons. Now, that's what I was going to say is like you give some applause if you are into the TikTok, okay? So um, this TikTok was, I would say, the better part of a year ago, and oh, sweet baby Jesus in the universe, it was like the relief I needed. And I don't know if you can relate to that, that the FYP is scarily accurate. Not only does it show you exactly what you want to see, it shows you sometimes exactly what you need to see, uh, and then more often than not... You know, I know that the phones are listening to us, so it's not uncommon to have a conversation about a concert and that shows up in your newsfeed. But to have a conversation with myself in my own head 
and then have something show up on my FYP around that scares me a little bit. Okay. Uh, because what it was was a gal, and I don't remember what her occupation was. This was before you could save TikTok, so I wish I could have saved it. Uh, but she was walking along a beach and just filming casually, and she was talking about how she had received an invite to do something that was like six months down the road, and she didn't want to commit to it. It was a really great opportunity. It was something that she kind of always wanted to do, but she said, how do I know how I'm going to feel in six months? How can you pre-schedule your energy out that far? That was a life-changing moment for me. Life-changing. And up until that moment, I think that all of my mentors in success were go, 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 go people. And I think that we are in an awakening for people of all ages, but definitely the Gen Xers to mostly millennials, uh, we are in this deconstruction deconstruction phase about success, about productivity, uh, about what it looks like and what it means to us. And that was just something that it touched my heart because I had, first of all, never had mentors. So when I was able to find and align with people that were motivating to me, that was where my game started to change. It's, it literally started to change. I started to plant seeds about capabilities for myself. I started to understand that... Um, you know, this is a shout out that I have to give to my husband because he he is somebody who always talks about is is the thing you need is it a skill or is it a will? <sighs> because more often than not, it's usually about a skill, and skills are teachable. It's something that you can go out and learn. So, um, to have people who were now showing me that it wasn't—I mean, it was beyond the skill set, right? So it had to be about a mindset. They were they were influencing me, is what it was. And the people who were influencing me, they were massively successful, and they were going at 10x speed. If you've ever read it, it's either Grant Cardone or I don't know—it's 10x is the name of the book. I do recommend it, but um, but be careful because the book again was another seed that planted for me about success and what it needed to mean. Because the book 10x was a, basically about like if you want to be successful you will need to move at 10x speed most of us are moving at 1x speed already and so if you're not moving at 10x speed you can't expect to have and if you want to have 100x results guess what you're going to need to do that's right move at 100x and so this was um i would say probably in the beginning of when i was like doing this transition of full-time consulting to moving into my own identity. And so that's why the seeds started to plant for me initially that coaching was going to have to be the same. It was going to have to be go, go, go. It was going to have to be a million miles an hour. It was going to need to be promote, 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 connect, 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 uh, you know, and build basically. And uh, when I was done reading the book, it was kind of shocking to me because I said to myself, like, yeah, I get it. And I agree. I very much agree with this information, but I don't want to do that. But... I bet I could make a deal with myself that if I just decided to move at 3x speed or maybe 5x speed from time to time, that could be okay. I mean, I know that my uh, myself, before I was in a growth mindset, I, I was only moving at 1x if, if even then sometimes if I was lucky, right? Because I didn't know that I needed to be moving towards anything. And that's only if you want to grow. And that's only if you want to experience bigger and better things than what you currently have. There's nothing wrong with your life as long as you're happy and you're existing in that, that, that mindset, just as a heads up, in my opinion, okay? So I was really proud of myself because, you know, instead of like reading all that stuff and then feeling like a failure because I wasn't going to be able to adapt those things that other people uh, became successful by doing, it was just a absorbing what was necessary for me 
the skill set I needed from that book. And so it was still a success for me to read that, right? And then that immediately translates into this TikTok, right? Because what she said was her points of view about success. She did not say that she was lacking at all because she decided not to book whatever it was that she didn't go to. She did not say she regretted it. She was just in this place to understand that number one, we're always gonna be taken care of. You know, that is some, that's that's from the woo-woo special, okay? The, the period of time when Rachel was really woo-woo. Um, I'm still very spiritual, but I just... I live in the more real realm now, not in the ether because that's not the game you came to play. You came to play the earth game. Uh, so my point being is that I, I do believe that. I believe that to be true. I, I can't tell you how I'm gonna feel in six months. So why would I commit to something that I would want to have high integrity and high energy and high focus uh, and high intention to really deliver a really good positive message to whatever it was that I was working with, um, you know, but it was true of everything in my life. And so that was, those two seeds kind of went together about like, what kind of speed do you want to run at? And um, what kind of life do you want to live in terms of pre-scheduling your energy, right? If you have anything in your life, you wear many hats, right? So I, I'm obviously a feminine human being. So um, the experiences I can relate to the hats is I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a human being, which is the biggest hat we should be wearing, right? Uh, but I'm also an entrepreneur. Uh, for those of you who, you know, volunteer at school, you have PTA hats. Some of you have coach hats. Some of you um, have yoga hats. Some of you have gym rat hats. Some of you have uh, giving back to your community hats. Some of you have volunteering at church hats. You wear so many hats, right? So you probably have uh, a calendar that is more jam-packed than mine. And... Uh, I have to tell you that when sometimes I look at my calendar, I feel guilty because I feel like I'm not doing enough. But then I trace back to these things and realize, but that's because I don't want to be doing all those things. And if I'm feeling guilty about not doing something, I have to ask myself, is it because I feel like I wanted to do it and I just couldn't find the time or energy? Or is it because I just have somebody else's expectation that I should be there, that I should be wearing the PTA hat because I'm a mom? Do I feel guilty because somebody else's mom is doing it? Or do I feel guilty because I really wanted to have that be a part of my life and I just couldn't fit it in? Those are two completely different mentalities. And so um, I, I obviously challenge you to get very clear on what your list looks like and then really leaning into it, right? Because I still, like I said, I struggle with feeling like I'm not doing enough, but realizing, but it's what I want to do. Right. And I still have to have these conversations with my husband because I will still have these moments of who do you think you are? You can't get away with this. Like you can't get away with this lifestyle. You can't get away with having casual um, work hours. You can't get away with um, working when you want to. Why not? Because I've been doing it for seven years and I have a supportive partner at home who tells me I absolutely can do that. And as long as we are working together and we are having a really good uh, open communication plan and we have um, something where we're sitting together and we know what general direction we're moving together as a family, we have goals, that kind, whatever then why can't I? Because I can. Okay, I'm just gonna leave it at that, right? So I, that's, that's what I would challenge you to do. And that's one of the things that I really feel like binds, I really feel like connects my audience and me together. Because uh, if you are looking to move fast paced and you're looking to open six businesses and you're looking to have a, a couple million dollars a year, that would have been me a few years ago. That would have been my mentality. That's what I would have preached about. That's what have been my podcast would have been about. And that's okay if that's you. But that's probably what, not why you're here. <laughs> That's probably not why you're here. Uh, I need you to hear my heart when I tell you that you can have it all. You can have it all. The caveat to that is that you can't have it all at once. Okay. So can I have it all right now that I work two days outside of the house a week uh, and that my husband and I both make six figures? No. 
No, not for me, at least. You could if you were like uh, an Amazon seller or a hustler in that regard. But I, my, I'm not going to try to get too specific with my own blueprint, but I struggle bus with having side hustles that are about consumerism, you know, and that's because I come from a sales background that I never liked to begin with. So I don't think it's wrong to have conveniences and I don't think it's wrong to own product. Uh, but I do think that when we really get to the heart of everything that we're struggling with, whether it's, um, too much consumption, too much uh, things being used of the earth, too much money being spent, not enough money being given, you know, to workers and so on and so forth. It's about consumerism. It's literally about consuming product. It's literally about, um, it's just, con it's just consuming. So I struggle with wanting to be like, oh, I love this hairbrush. Find the link in my bio. Oh, I really love this makeup. Find my link in my bio. Um, because I, I don't think that... <laughs> I, th I don't know what I want to say about that besides like, I don't think that everybody wants to do that anyway. Um, like I sit here literally preaching my service. I, I preach my services to you. I give you my content via my experience and that feels good to me. Now that's not to say again, there's not products out there that can change lives that uh, are necessary and that kind of thing, but there's a difference. And I think that you can feel that, right? So it's really important that it, when I sit and look at my life and say, I can't work two days outside the house and do $100,000 a year or whatever I said earlier, I don't know, okay. Um, but if I didn't have children in the house, I might be able to, right? I'm not, I'm not saying like I have a plan to how that works, but I'm saying like when my kids grow up and I have more time to focus more directly on my business because my children are more independent, they're growing into their own lives, I'm going to have that ability. And Today, if I was to do all of that, then I would have to be giving up something. And it could be something as silly as sleep because I could get up two to three hours before my children and my husband and I could work on my business or I could stay up two to three hours later and do all of that. And then I'd have it all. I'd have all the time with my kids. I'd have the money. I'd have a growing business, uh, but I wouldn't be sleeping. And it seems almost silly to say, but sleep is more important to me, but it is. Not only have I always been um, somebody who sleeps really late to begin with, but I just energetically and if like if we're being spiritual about it like I know how important sleep is to rejuvenating your body to resetting everything I know how crappy I feel when I have only had four hours of sleep and that is also because now I'm 36 and I can tell you there's a huge difference between that and when you're 20s so that's my point is that maybe that's my example today is that I prioritize being a human being a wifey being an entrepreneur but if one of those has to take the back burner to get some extra sleep it's probably going to be an entrepreneur because I know my husband's going to help support me, but more importantly, because I want to be present for my children. I want to be here for them. So you can have it all, but you just can't have it all at once. And I'm going to give you another example of this because somebody that I very much love, um, one of the things that is a top priority in their life is working out. And that is not a top priority in my life. I love moving my body. I think it's incredibly important that we do it every day, especially something that we love. But uh, this person is like the type of person who will go to the gym at three or four in the morning to make sure that it's done before they go to work. And um, the reason I find that fascinating, right, is because that person has to give up something. And in this regard, it could be sleep, right? But it also, I know for a fact, is sometimes like time with your family because they're doing the gym stuff on the weekend. And it's not wrong. It's not right. It's just different than what I choose to put my priorities into. And I do know for a fact, by the way, that um, exercise helps my my person with mental health. So I understand exactly why they do it. So it's not, I hope you, I think you know that I'm not like ragging on them and giving to it as another example. So what is it that we have to give up to have the thing that's most important to us right now? And uh, understanding that if we can be really fluid in that understanding, understanding if we can be really fluid in that understanding, 
Anyways, if we can be very fluid with that, we can also see that when the time is right, then other things will then align. So then we'll have what we need, right? So, um, man, I looked at my clock. I'm like, oh my gosh, we've only been talking to each other for 23 minutes. Just this is ridiculous. Okay. But I digress. What this really is all about is that if you're somebody that you're completely happy in your nine to five, God bless you. Thank the universe. Because majority, again, the people that I talk to, they are not happy in their nine to five. It might not be the job. Maybe they love the job, but they're not getting paid enough. Maybe their pay is decent, but they really hate what they do. Maybe their job is decent and okay, but they just have no benefits whatsoever. Maybe they're just completely overworked or maybe they're understaffed. It doesn't matter. Majority of the humans I talk to, they do not like their current job. Or I should say that more specifically, they're not feeling very fulfilled by that job. And one of the things that uh, we talk about, I don't think we talk about it very heavily in the empowerment class, but I think what it really starts to plant some seeds about for people to really take a peek into their life and say, where do I feel the most fulfilled? Like if I'm doing okay as a mom, do I feel like I have something outside of my mom identity? If I'm doing really fantastic at work, do I feel like I'm giving back to my community someplace? And again, this is just important to what aligns with you. For, for some people, giving money is enough for feeling like I'm giving back. For other people, they want to do their physical time. I want to give my time to something. So whatever it is, you just kind of have to figure that out. So when you look at your life, are you feeling fulfilled? Because I can absolutely tell when I'm not. Now, that's complex because even though the there's an emptiness, inside, there's almost an isolation that's happening to me, just because it's happening to me doesn't mean that I, I am actively aware or conscious of it. So I want to make sure that that's clear because this is something that I'm still struggling with uh, in a monthly basis. And my husband is a godsend. I've said that to y'all before because he knows that there are days or particular almost, I would just say days, day or days in my cycle that I am a basket case. I am a basket case. I lose all ability to believe in myself. I want to stop entrepreneurship because I think I'm failing the family. Like it is like clockwork every four weeks. Uh, and so you'd think I'd have a better solution to it. But that's what I'm telling you is that like you need to be graceful to yourself and understand that not only are you a human being, you came here to play the game. The, the game is full experience of emotion. But the complexity in our game is that when we are children, we're often taught your feelings are too big. I'm not going to talk to you until you stop crying like that. Your feelings are too big. You are using your outside voice inside right now. Your feelings are too big. Um, I mean, like one from when I was a kid was, I mean, like I was just told I was too loud. Like when I was laughing, like all the time, all the time. Okay. So these things that we are supposed to be actually leaning into, which is the human experience, emotion, we are very early on conditioned to not feel them, to not express them, especially young men, young boys. Uh, and I could have a whole conversation for another day about how everybody, but specifically young men are coached to do nothing but be not women. They're not given a manual about what a man is. It's just don't be a pussy. Don't be fragile. Don't be emotional. Um, these things that we classify women or feminine beings as, right? So on the counter side to that, it's important to remember that not all of that type of programming is malicious. I would argue, I mean, I guess I shouldn't argue because I don't know enough people to say, but I think it's it's a little bit both, Right. We have parents and caregivers who did have malicious intent to make you feel a certain way growing up um, because of their own programming, mostly. Uh, but then we also have parents and caregivers who unintentionally do things to us with programming, like 
when I talk about like, hey, like, um, you're using your you're using your outside voice inside, right? Like, that's not always about embarrassment and like you're you're being too much. That can just be if you're at a funeral, you probably shouldn't be screaming at the top of your lungs, right? So we do these things for societal acceptance. Ironically, even in our culture, we're so heavily programmed in looking at nuclear family and individualism. We care a lot about what everybody thinks of us. And I think that that's because you cannot get rid of the primal brain when it comes to the sense of community. You cannot get rid of the fear of isolation and fear of dying alone. At the root of everything we do, that's what it's going to boil down to. You could find anything that you got a fear of and I'll tell you how you get to dying alone. Okay. So anyway, um, that's what we do. We act a certain way and then we expect that our spawn act a certain way not only so that we continue to be socially accepted by other adults because of your behavior but because we want you to grow into an adult where you have socially acceptable behavior so that you are accepted by community so um processing and feeling human emotion is important okay uh but when you find yourself feeling empty or you find yourself feeling unfulfilled, these are really important things to really tap into. So although I'm not great at catching them ahead of time, I am getting better with each cycle at realizing and recognizing where I'm at, paying attention to a calendar, very specifically tracking patterns in my body, right? If it's going to, it's going to be happening. I might as well be taking advantage of understanding the blueprint, right? So um, just as an example, Feminine beings, if you get yourself if you get yourself a period each month, I want you to listen up. Um, because one of the things that I have been trying very heavily in the last year is that getting to know my menstrual cycle very, very well and choosing to work around that. So coming full circle back to this TikTok about not being able to pre-plan your energy, I'm pretty, pretty clear uh, that the day of and usually the day between days one to three of actual bleeding in my menstrual cycle... I'm pretty much useless. Like I will be existing in the house and I can do little things here and there, but I'm falling asleep on the couch at seven with a heat pad on my uterus. Um, I, I, I cancel coachings. I do the bare minimum of things that need to be done in my business, but I do not make additional deals. I don't reach out to people to close sales. I don't do any of that because it's energetically I'm not there anyway. Number one, like I don't physically have the energy because my body is literally shedding its uterine lining. You're welcome. But more importantly, because because of the headspace, I just don't feel like I could give you what you're paying for if I'm mopey or if I'm exhausted or if I can't even like, I can't even focus on empowering you right now. That's that's important to me. Not only is it important to me so that I show up to my job with integrity, but it is also important to align with my body and really give it permission to do what it needs to do. I don't know how many of you can relate to fighting through fatigue. I don't know how many of you can relate to fighting through burnout or physical pain, like literal pain and suffering. I am so unbelievably gifted that I am allowed to fall. I shouldn't say allowed to fall asleep, but I feel no guilt about falling asleep at seven o'clock at night when my husband's only been home for two hours from work and he's taking care of all three children. I revel in the fact that I can then bounce back from that deficiency quickly before I understood and knew my body this well the period would be a whole week a whole week of my schedule being off a whole week of my attitude being you know untouchable a whole 
month of being unpredictable, okay? So uh, this is an important conversation that I think is really funny that I'm talking about how important our cycles and periods are when I'm trying to say that it doesn't matter what level of expert you are, but it all matters. It's all cyclical. It's all connected. And uh, you may have heard me say this before, but just remember that if you're a masculine body, if you have a masculine person in your life, they have a cycle too. There's this 24 hours. And when we think about it, it's so funny. We have these little aha light bulb moments because more often it's masculine people who can go to bed at night and go and fall asleep, right? And it's the feminine ones who are like, did I do my laundry to chores? I forgot about that bill, blah, blah, blah. You're such a piece of shit. <laughs> like all of these things that we think about that we can't do anything about at one o'clock in the morning anyway. And then they have already passed out. And that started to make more sense to me. It's also like, just as another example, why masculine bodies, a lot of masculine bodies really enjoy morning sex because their body has reset their cycle. And feminine bodies, they need 24 days to get through an entire cycle on average, right? So there's reasons why like we have a week feeling uh, like we're not ourselves. We have a week where we feel super productive. We have a week where we really want to just like kind of keep quiet. It's important to know those differences. And then it just makes sense biologically when we look at it from a little bit farther back, right? So it's so important when we understand us and we can align with us because when we can really treat mind, body, soul together, then we become a powerhouse. We, we literally step into our skill set in whatever capacity that is. And so when we are operating at our best selves through mind, body, soul. So this is important when you think about spirituality. It's important when you think about um, the food you put into your body, how often you're moving your body. All of those things matter, all right? But don't try to do too much because a confused mind says no, right? So we're, we're kind of taking things one step at a time, one bite chunk at a time so we can actually chew and digest it, okay? So when we have started to come from a place where we can add or actually operate feeling, when we notice emotions, when we pay attention to where they're happening in our body, do we feel uh, short or chi- uh, short or tightness in our chest? Is my heartbeat starting to pick up? Am I perspirating someplace? Do I feel antsy and fidgety? These are important cues to those emotions and when we're feeling them in our bodies. Because if we start, to, <laughs> sorry, if we start to notice that our physical body is changing, we can beat it to the system. Primal brain's taking over and saying, we don't feel safe. We don't feel safe. We don't feel safe. We need to do these things. We need to get away. We need to fawn. We need to fight. We need to flee. We need to do something. And if we can get the conscious mind to step in and say, primal brain, thank you so much. I know you're trying to keep me safe because you feel like I could die if I don't come to homeostasis. I'm going to take some deep breaths. Three are great. Prolonged ones, no less. Okay. Because... What we really want to do is reset the nervous system and tell the body we're okay. Thanks for the message. I understand it, but I'm all right. Okay. Because when we override the primal response to however that feeling was tied to whatever, that's a different class for a different day to talk about how that happens, right? Then we operate from this present moment. We get to choose who to be. And when we're in awareness of this feels empty, I feel isolated, I feel alone, I feel incapable, right? Then especially if we've been doing personal development work, we just got to take a look at the belt. Take a peek down at the belt. Do I have a tool for this? Have I been through an experience before where I felt isolated? Have I been through trials and tribulations where I didn't feel capable? I did. How did I get past that? Maybe I reached out to a counselor. Maybe I talked to a best friend. Maybe I did some journaling. Maybe I did some breathing technique. Maybe I just took two days where I was in silent retreat and did a lot of reflection. Whatever it could have been, it's time to pick up that tool. And if that tool does not apply to this particular situation, it's time to sharpen the tool, meaning find a new skill set or try to realign with it in some way, shape or form or reach out and get some help, right? So any of those things would be important. 
because the ability to feel our full feelings is again the human superhero strength in my opinion because when we can operate from our true authenticity we know exactly how to fuel the mind body soul if i'm feeling isolated what do i need to do get into more isolation because i'm scared about people will think because i'm isolated or do i need to get brave so that i can tell somebody that i'm struggling and then make connections and make community happen so when we have the ability to acknowledge and then feed the emotion, it's a game changer. Because if I'm feeling unfulfilled as a human, it's my job to be here to create. I believe that to be true. I believe that we are meant to learn lessons of forgiveness, but I believe while we're here, we're meant to create. And if you think about creation, it's really a powerful thing because um, I think most people think about art, right? We create art, but we create everything. And art is so many different art forms. It's not just pen and paper and ink and um, paint and color and crayon. It's, it's physical items that we piece together. It's clothing. That's, that's art form. It's spoken word through literature and through rap. It's literally anything that I deem as creation. And it goes farther into architects build buildings. And that is their artwork. People... Do I mean anything? I don't even know. Like you can just think of a chef. A chef creates a meal and that is creation. It is creation. So we're always creating. And I don't know if this is just me being me, uh, but I often feel like the thing that I do is one of the hardest things in terms of creation because it's literally just me creating words coming out of my mouth. And so not only sometimes do I feel like a fraud because nothing I say is original. Everything I say came from an ether of thoughts from somebody else before. We're just out here, when we're up here doing the woo-woo thing, we're all sharing in those thoughts. That's how lots of really cool things happen. Okay, now conversation for a different day. But I feel sometimes like my thing is, I'm selling myself 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If I don't have something of value to give you coming out of my mouth, what do I have for you? And so I feel like that is a very tricky identity for somebody, especially that has attachment issues, number one, and two, confidence problems from uh, childhood, and three, I don't even know, probably a lot of shit, but it's just funny to me. Uh, and so I will just, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give you guys a shout out out there, okay? Because y'all do such a fantastic job at um, really filling my cup really filling my cup to tell me that I am doing the right thing for myself, at least right now. So thank you so much for that. I appreciate you. So um, you need to feel fulfilled as well, right? Now, when we're talking about your expert level, you have to remember that whatever your level is, it's important. For some of you, you really have a desire to put your artwork out there and sell. Some people um, have a desire to do what I do and you just want to connect with people and you want to get out there and you want them to be inspired. Some of you want to design clothing. Some of you want to just be uh, an inventor. And if you see a problem, fix it. Create something to fix that problem, right? We are all very, very special and unique and we all have something to give. Um, in our culture, very specifically, I just have to say that, you know, we were very much conditioned to not do that. You're conditioned to be a part of something that somebody else is already fixing. And there's nothing wrong with that, but we don't all need to be doing that. We don't all need to be contributing to somebody else's dream. We should be dreaming our own. We should be creating from our own. Because even if we take like, I like to always talk about, I always think about uh, realtors. Because how many realtors do you think, I mean, can you even think of? Like how many, even if you don't know them personally, how many billboards do you see around your town that advertise people who could sell your home? Like thousands, right? Like I could think of at least a dozen people off the top of my head that I know in my personal circle who sell homes or I could directly find somebody, one 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 person away that sells a house. And these people have to be successful, right? Because they're, they're all out there selling houses. It's a, it's a, an astounding amount 
Okay, it's an astounding amount. And if you like were to search for like doctors, even in your city, your city, not your town, because your retirement party is smaller, but a city, I guarantee you there's hundreds of them. So to think that number one, your thing couldn't be special or wanted or needed, I want you to think about that, okay? And then the second part of that is that when you don't think your thing is good enough yet, think about what I said when we were coming back to this conversation about like Tony Robbins versus quote unquote versus Jen Sincero. I would have to, like, upon reflection, I couldn't even tell you which one of them has brought more change to my life or more inspiration because it, if anything, is equal. But if I had to guess, I would actually lean more towards Jen than um, the resources that I have found from Tony Robbins in terms of inspiration. I couldn't tell you why specifically. Uh, it might be just because she's a woman and I relate to her. But I think realistically for me, what it was is just because again, her, um, what I was drawn to with Tony Robbins was his brassness. I love how straightforward he was. And I love that he is actually kind of well revered for using curse words because I am such a potted mouth. Uh, but when it came to Jen, Jen sprinkled in spirituality, which I ha did not have a lot of exposure to. And really kind of painted the full picture for me, the mind, the body, the soul. Whereas Tony Robbins was is very much playing an earthbound game in coaching. And there's nothing wrong with that. It just, I needed the full picture. I needed to understand myself. I needed to see those other components um, because it has brought me a much more fulfilling life. So my point being is that I, I myself was more inspired by, again, a quote unquote C or D list coach, however you would classify that than an A-list coach. And so your skill set is is wanted and needed by people out there. And this is actually something I just was recently sharing with, with somebody. Uh, not ironically, it was something that Jen taught me. Jen Sincero actually offered like an online coaching course. And it was the very first thing that I ever paid to invest in myself. Anything else I'd ever done on personal, personal development besides reading books, I never paid for. I did everything for free because I had a very poor mentality about rich and money and wealth and the ability to produce it. So I didn't think I could afford to invest in me. And Jen's was the very first thing through some universe moments um, with her book and elsewhere uh, was like, I think this is meant for me. I think that this is a universal sign. I need to do this. And so the reason I share that with you is because nothing was live. Everything that she had done was already recorded and um, the lessons and so on and so forth. But there was this pre-recorded coaching class, I assume that she was doing with some people. And I remember this so vividly, this person's question about coaching. Um, I don't remember her question very specifically, but it was like, basically like, I just don't think I can be out there doing good. I feel really bad when I'm out there doing anything good, because think about all these people who have nothing. Think about all these people who are suffering. And it makes me just feel terrible uh, that I even have basically have the privilege to be existing is kind of where she was at. And I could, I felt that sadness. I felt that pressure too, is how dare I, how dare I, I get my life together, how dare I start to feel really good about me uh, when other people didn't? Who did I think I was? Okay. And Jen said in her response to this girl, you play, reset my mouth. You do no one favors when you play small. You can't help other people when you play small. And the thing that I think we really have to dissect about that is how important it is because when you start to do good, you'll have to separate your good from ego. You know, ego will try to tell you you're special. Ego will try to tell you that you're better than everybody else. But the insecure version of you will still think, who do I think I am? 
I can't do these things. I shouldn't do these things. There are people out there that have it worse than I do. And I should just be grateful for what I have, that kind of thing. And the most poignant thing I can tell you is that through both personal development, spiritual development, the idea, the idea that we have to really let go of is that we make massive change by production. How many classes can I book? How many books can I sell? How many appearances can I make? You don't make the most change by that. You make the most change by just operating authentically from the purest you you are. So when you pick up trash on the side of the street, when you let somebody into traffic, when you teach your children that color doesn't matter, well, I mean, it, it matters, but that they shouldn't see color in friends and opportunity and so on and so forth, that they 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 embrace equality and so, things like that, that is what you're doing to change the world. Because one of the hardest lessons I had to accept was that I couldn't control anybody but myself. We all are out there trying to control other family members other relationships, other opportunities. We're trying to control our home. We're trying to control the clothes we wear because those are things that if those, if all of those things are perfect, then I should, I should feel perfect as well. But we can't. We can't make our children be anything. We can't make them do anything. We can't ask our spouses to feel a certain way. We can't make our boss promote us. We can only show up and be us. And when we truly feel that we are acting as we should for us and not for other people. And it feels good. And we're not worried because we're not disappointing others or consumed with disappointing others. That's when massive change happens because people see you and they're inspired. You become the ripple effect. People want to be like you. They want to know what you're doing. They want to feel the way you're feeling. They want to project the aura and energy that you're naturally renewing and you've never done before. That's what change is. That's what it is. That's how you'll know as well. Your inbox will be flooded. I just, what are you doing? Where are you shopping? What are you eating? They want to know. And sometimes they can't even tell what it is. And that's why they're asking questions. And that's all you have to do. So when you decide, I'm going to be expert level one at crocheting and I'm going to get on a live and I'm going to show people how to do it. And if they can learn with me, even better. When I'm expert level four at speaking Spanish, then I can help teach my younger nieces and nephews how to say some phrases in Spanish. I can't have a full-on conversation in a Mexican restaurant yet, but I can do those little things. When I'm expert level eight at dirt bike riding, then I know I can do fancy trick loop-de-loop. I don't know what it is, okay? When I'm expert level 10 at intimacy coaching, I know that I can talk to anyone and everyone about their bodies and I can make sure that they feel safe and comfortable and understand that this is an innate part of who we are and it can feel silly sometimes but it's the most natural thing that we do it's how we all get here that's expert level 10 confidence you'll get there slowly but surely but your expertise at each level is important for people who can afford your services at those levels and for people who are inspired to see you at those levels level 10 is intimidating for some 10x level is intimidating for some you make it more doable when you're a 3x speed or a 5x speed. And then you also get to retain you, right? Like I don't run on somebody else's schedule. I don't I don't have a year's worth of booked events that I don't know if I'll be able to spend Christmas with my kids or have a family vacation next year. I know my calendar is wide open and I might be able to do something in empowerment, but I also might be able to take that family trip instead. So whatever level of expertise you are, you are perfect for this time in your life. You can climb the ladder and continue to go higher if you want to. You can stay here and it can be enough. It always was. So I really, 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 really challenge you to think about that. 
And remember that your specialty, by the way, does not have to be something that you monetize off of. It doesn't have to be. Uh, I'm very fortunate and also cursed that mine is, right? Because the thing that I love to do is also the thing that provides for my family. Uh, and it's both good and bad and neutral, by the way, as well. But I wouldn't have it any other way. I, if I did, I would try to go back to a nine to five, which is never gonna happen as far as I know, okay? Uh, so whatever your thing is, again, whether it's just because you wanna build community and you want other people to really understand and know more about bugs or the stars or fashion, whatever it is, you can create that. And I, I recommend that you do because even if it never becomes something that you're teaching or that you're an expert level at, it matters. It matters for so many reasons that we talked about here today. And at the end of the day, if you can't quit the nine to five job, but you know that you want to at some point, those hobbies that can become your expertise, that can be monetized later, are the things that are your life wrote, life wrote, life jacket, until you can figure out what you want to do and really cultivate the life that is yours. You can have it all. Maybe not right now, but at some point. And you're so deserving of it, friends. And I truly believe that. Uh, so as you probably know, like when I'm doing something like this, this is just, much for, just as much for me as it is for you. Those are some things that I have been struggle busting with during the break of the podcast, okay? Uh, but I am very excited to be back. I'm very excited to uh, see where this is going. I'm very excited to connect with anybody who might understand and resonate with mediocre quote unquote life. Mediocre quote unquote life can be much more fulfilling than we're really giving it credit for because we are running on FOMO and lack. FOMO and lack about what kind of life I don't have versus the kind of life that I'm living and I actually really like. Especially if I was to look back at my life seven years ago when I was still working a full-time job, myself then would slap a bitch upside the head for the lifestyle that I have right now. So I really have to be just as diligent as you do about getting very, very focused on the here and now and being grateful for this because it's a totally different life than I had seven years ago and I wouldn't change it for anything. So if you got some value from today, thanks so much for being here, number one. Uh, number two, you can absolutely share this with somebody if you feel like that I might help them as well. And maybe it's just this particular podcast. Maybe it's a podcast in general. Maybe you think that they uh, would subscribe to being 18 years or older and a feminine energy to a private Facebook group that I have that we talk about sexual wellness and intimacy. We build a lot in that group. Uh, otherwise, you can find me on social media per the usual. You know me. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on the ticket talk. Uh, e emails okay too. And the empowerment classes are running monthly. And if you are ready to do a little bit one-to-one -one work for you, learn your own blueprint, then let's chat. Make sure that we can really focus on you, get you to a happier space. That'd be nice. So we will be back another time, friends. Uh, it means the world to me that you were here and uh, I look forward to seeing you next week. So until then, per the usual, stay happy, stay healthy, wash your hands. Bye.